I don't know why I'm so excited all of a sudden. Like, what just happened to me? I got, like, fired up all of a sudden there. Well, it's a good episode to get fired up about, Sheldon. That's Apparently, why. Apparently, the challenge delivering the goods. You're having a normal human reaction to an excellent episode of the challenge. Right? And I mean, I just watched it. Like, literally seconds off of finishing said episode, we turn on the, the hotline, the You Killed It hotline, and start <laughs> recording the podcast. So I'm, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm all excited. Fired up Sheldon is my favorite Sheldon. <laughs> uh, before we do, we should do some introductions for anyone who is new to the podcast. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And as my dude Sheldon just said, this is You Killed It, a podcast, the podcast, about MTV's The Challenge, the best show on television, really. If we're being if we're being honest, the best show on TV. You know what? This is the best time of year, too. Because last night, uh, The Challenge airs on Tuesday night. And I've got to say, I'm a huge sports fan. You're a huge sports fan. We also acknowledge The Challenge as once quoted by the great Bill Simmons as being the fifth North American – or sorry, the fifth major North American sport. And do you know what? Last night, the Leafs were on. Last night, the NBA season kicked off. Last night, you know, like there's just so much going on. And it's just flicking back and forth. And the challenge is not like, what a time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it's true. It's it's really true. And I think, I don't know that this was the best episode of the season, but this was a very good episode in a very good season of the challenge. Agreed. It's been such a very good season. And you know what? I mean, as we continue to do this challenge, uh, or sorry, as we continue to do this challenge podcast is what I meant to say. So much keeps happening that, you know, sheds new light on different things that I wouldn't see how things were working out. And what I mean by that is we've been, uh, as a podcast continues to grow and, you know, it's popping up in different places. Obviously we got it on iTunes now. Uh, obviously SoundCloud's still going, but we're starting to post it in different places. We got the Facebook challenge group. Uh, I mentioned to you uh, through text that, you know, I put it up on the Reddit page, which was very interesting to see too, just because it's just another avenue where challenge fans can discuss what's going on. And I want to start off this episode, John, by bringing up a point that was made because uh, I posted last week's episode and in the question, it was kind of like the question was phrased, uh, what did you think of Veronica's move? Was it a boss move or was it a weak move? And, you know, obviously we discussed it on last week's episode, but there was a point that was brought up by a uh, Reddit user named Ulito. Okay. All right. So we, we spent a lot of time discussing Veronica's move last week to get you caught up in case you forgot. Uh, last week on the challenge, dun, 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 I should add my own music here. Um, but last week on the challenge, dun, if you dun, remember, dun. right? Brittany said that she was going to burn her vote. And then uh, obviously TJ brings up the fact, well, you're not really burning your vote if you're the second person because someone else can just say the same name as you. And then that's exactly what happened. She said Leroy. Veronica jumped on, also said Leroy. There ended up being a tie. But either way, Leroy ended up being the one going into the elimination round. So did we like Veronica's move of blowing up the house, blowing up the vote? That was the question. So Ulito on Reddit said, quote, I still don't get why people don't understand Veronica's move. Veronica is only loyal to Derek. 
So in order to protect him, she had to find a way for neither Hunter or Derek to get voted straight into the elimination. Reason why, if Hunter gets voted in, Bananas, Derek, and Leroy are in the double cross. So there's a 66% chance Derek goes in because Bananas and Leroy will never say each other's name. Now that Leroy is voted in, there is a 0% chance that Derek goes in yeah. because Hunter will double cross Bananas and vice versa. So not only does she keep her main male ally safe, she makes kind of a new ally in Hunter, or at least so we thought. I don't understand how people don't get it. She didn't do... Oh, she didn't do this with no thought. So, yes, of all the things we discussed last week, that was a very interesting point. It made sense, and something that I didn't really think of, but it does kind of make sense, right? Veronica's move... Now, I don't, I don't think that she plotted it out from the beginning i think she kind of like still stumbled into it yeah that does make it a very good move right and and i will be honest too that thought process changed my viewpoints heading into this episode which i'm sure we'll get to a little later but i just wanted to give a shout out to the reddit page the mtv challenge reddit page just for all the love that we're getting from the podcast on that page i you know what i that theory that logic makes a lot of sense to me it, it definitely does and i like the fact that like to me anyways i i totally miss that like i wasn't thinking that far ahead and i guess we'll get to this kind of later no. when we get to what happened in this uh nomination ceremony but it was a very great point to to think through well what's going to happen if we put this person in and who's going to put whoever into the elimination you know what i mean like it was a great thought process in terms of thinking ahead thinking one one move ahead instead of just simply you know throwing someone in because blank you know because they did this to me you got to really think things through which we'll get to we'll get to later on in this episode as in the business we call that a tease (laughs) (laughs) we're definitely at the point in the challenge we're getting down to those brass tacks you know what i mean where we're where at this point uh, in the house, there's no weak links anymore. There's no layups. And, I, I mean, there there are stronger players and there's weaker players, but there's no layups. And people realize that the final challenge is around the corner. And I think one of the things that separates people is that some are still thinking emotionally and some are thinking in terms of strategy and long-term thinking. Yeah. No, I, I mean, this this episode, we actually, for the first time, I think this season, we actually got a full competition yeah. and then a full elimination yes. round and nomination ceremony all wrapped into one. I, I could be wrong, and I'm sure someone will correct me, but I could be wrong, but this was probably the first full, like, classic or traditional episode where we had everything all wrapped into one and maybe that's what has me so excited because we had a little bit of everything right yeah we we certainly did uh we should start from the top though this episode starts in the uh redemption house and this is just i feel like five seasons ago we don't get this kind of fun editing on the challenge but basically, they have Jemmy talk about how it's like a season of the real world. Real world Cartagena. And she's talking about how 
you know, Leroy would be everyone's favorite housemate, roommate, after her, and that, you know, CT's kind of smelly, but people will love him, and that Carmaria hates everyone, and that Anise is everyone's best friend, and that Dario is the roommate that you forget's on that <laughs> it season. It works perfectly. Um, and it's so it's so true. And they did the full like edit of making it look like a classic, like '90s classic real world opening credits with like the them like street scenes in Cartagena and them at a club dancing. And they just shout out to the producers on this. That that was a really fun edit. I like that. Uh, it was a little fun twist, and you know these guys are because it's it's such a different vibe. It's got to be in that house, right? In comparison to being in the challenge house, because there's no competitions, there's no, you know, the gameplay is like really taken out of it. So it is the real world, no? Well, I, I, I it is, and I think that the fact that they get to go out to restaurants. And, like, go out on the town, not necessarily to drink, like, not necessarily to go to a shitty Cartagena club, but, like, to actually get out of the house and maybe interact with the world. I think that does them a world of good in terms of new, like, seeing fresh faces. Uh, If you're going out for dinner, because every, every, this is, I guess, sort of the third redemption house. Every group that's been in the Redemption House, you see them going out to restaurants, that just makes the kitchen cleaner. You know what I mean? Like, just like in real life, it's important to go for dinner that's sometimes. That's a great point. I like that. That's a very underrated point. I, I like that a lot. Uh, so as we're as we go along here in this episode, we get the little real-world cartagena, which I would definitely watch, by the way. That's an episode, that's a, that's a season of, of the real world that I'd be into, for sure. Although... Maybe it might be kind of boring because it's not the old CT. This new CT no. on the real world might not be no. that fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So also within this, after they, they run that back a little, we get Kara. We get the first scene in this episode, the first of many scenes of people just being super salty. To me, I think this episode was about saltiness and people throwing shade. Saltiness and shade. That's what I think this episode oh. was about. And we get the first of many scenes here. Where Kara is still super salty, as she's talking about how her and Camilla protected Jenna and Kayla the entire time, and the first chance that they got, they turned their back on them. Now, John, correct me if I'm wrong here. Didn't Jenna already get kicked out of the house once and had to work her way back into the house this season? Isn't that a thing that happened? She did indeed. Your memory is spot on. I don't even need to check the notes so for that. So my question would be, where were Kara and Camilla then, trying to help Jenna and Kayla? It seems to me that they didn't really help that much at all, no? Like, what What am I missing here? What, where is this, like, false sense of security that they supposedly think they should have with Jenna and Kayla? And on, from the beginning of the game, then on top of that, how do you not understand the numbers game at this point? That this was going to happen sooner than later. I don't get how she's that salty at Jenna still. But then, again, as the episode goes along, we'll see she's super... She's even more salty at uh, at Jordan. But we'll get to that later. But what did you think of just this whole... Kara's in the redemption house just whining. How annoying would that be to be in the house with her just listening to her 
go over this over and over and over again. Like, geez, stop. Get over it. I mean, we're going to touch on this more when we get to Camilla's reaction to to things. But you're right. They both seem to be operating under, I, I don't know, some sort of strange belief that they are owed an, anything by Jenna and uh, Kayla. Uh, excuse me, Kyla. And, and it's worth noting, not only was Jenna already in the redemption house and earned her way back. Kyla has been was the one who eliminated her. Like the, those two have put in a lot of work in the presidio. Like they're only still in the house by virtue of their own hard work. And to your point, it's a numbers game. Like at some point they they were going to have to turn on each other. There's presumably three spots for women going into the final challenge. There's four of them total. Like, what did they think was going to happen? It's a very it's a very strange attitude, and I'm I really like Kara, and I'm disappointed that she's taking this so hard. I totally agree, and I mean. Obviously, we'll get into this a little later because, as you said, Camilla is just yeah, she's she's on one in this episode as well. I mean, she's Camilla. Anyway, if you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a big enough fan of the challenge to know that Camilla is the worst. <laughs> yes. So we we move on to the actual challenge here, and it's called Backstabber, and this was super interesting. And if you if you've been listening to us for a while, you know a lot of times I'm kind of against the. The challenges were just like, hey, they're up in the air doing something and someone falls. And I'm normally against that because I kind of think it's a crutch they go to way too often. But in this instance, I really like it because there were there's levels to this, you know, to quote a wise man named Meek Millie, or maybe it was Rick Ross, one of them, whoever made that <laughs> song. But anyways, there was levels to this challenge being up in the air. So first off, there's a building that is described as being 600 feet tall and yes they have a plank and there's three platforms that you got to walk out on and the thing that they really didn't i think show off enough was that half of this plank was very thick in terms of like wideness in terms of how you could walk out on it and then halfway through it turns really really narrow right and it looked super hard so you're 600 feet in the air and you got to walk out onto the plank and you're out there with two other people and there's an X. There's three X's at the end of your plank. Each X represents one of the people standing up on the platform. Your job is to get out as fast as you can to the end of the platform and hit one of the X's that correspond with one of the other people you're up there with, which would then cause them to fall. And that person would fall down and they are sent directly, oh sorry, they're automatically up to being one of the people that could be could be sent directly into the redemption house did i explain that right does that make sense you nailed it there there's uh i i just want the part where you're talking about how like the beam that they're running out on how it goes from uh relatively wide like maybe um a foot wide to much more narrow not only did it get more narrow, but it changed shape. It went from being like uh, a flat squared surface. off yeah, yeah. A flat to a, 
a flat surface yeah. to a triangle. It looks super hard. It's just adding so much to this competition because, you know, obviously you're, you're suspended above heights, and if you're afraid of heights, and you're screwed. But even if you're not afraid of heights, it would just be hard to balance on that, right? Yeah, and we even saw Veronica ended up losing her footing. Exactly. Veronica uh, pitched off the side and got uh, set, like, and got dropped by Camilla. The other thing I would note, though, is that it's it would have been hard to not hit your own axe. Because you no, could, in right? theory, drop yourself, <laughs> yes. right? Yes, that is true. I never even so thought So not only that. are you trying to, like, run, run across this beam, but you also have to, like... Be cognizant of the fact that you there's one that you do not want to hit, and then there's the other two where you're trying to make like the best strategic choice. But like it's not just that you're trying to hit one of three, you're trying to not hit another one while also not falling off the beam. And six hundred feet in the air, I looked it up, that's fifty five stories. That's yeah, that's real. That's ridiculously high. Fifty five stories. Yeah. Anyway, no, continue, so I was going to say, friend. so the other part to this is obviously there'd be two heats for the guys and two heats for the girls. And the fastest guy and the fastest girl are the only people safe. They get to choose one person to go directly from the redemption house. Again, that would have to be among the people that fell off the platform. And then those same people who had the fastest time, they then would get to choose another person to go directly into the elimination round. So Hunter and Camilla were the two people they got to pick. And Hunter picks... So this was a a key part of the strategy here because you got to pick who was in your round, how the rounds would go, right? So Hunter picks Johnny, Derek, and Jordan to go against each other in the first heat. And then that leaves Hunter, obviously, to go against Tony. Now, this obviously makes the most sense because now you're guaranteeing that one of Jordan, Johnny, and Derek would fall off, right? And so you're taking out one of the stronger Mm -hmm. competitors while knowing that you're also guaranteeing you or Tony win, right? And that's obviously your alliance going forward. Great strategic move there by Hunter, the way that he set this up. Yes. Hunter is really, like, if you're breaking this down in terms of first half, second half MVPs of the season. Hunter is having a really strong run here. And I mean, at one point, well, first off, I can't even say that because even if you put him at the beginning of the season, he was going into eliminations and winning. So I can't even just say he's having a strong second half. He's having a really strong season here. But this was a great move strategy-wise, right? And I want to get your opinion on this, John. Have your boy Johnny Bananas, right? Johnny Bananas says mm-hmm. that he hopes so he says he made a deal with Derek and Jordan which I'm assuming both of them don't know that he has a deal with both of them that neither of them will say his name what did you think of just the mastermind yeah. that is Johnny Bananas in this ep- in this challenge because I mean this is a tough challenge and you can't really guarantee who is going to win but Johnny Bananas basically guaranteed that he can't lose right yeah well but that makes sense though right like the way he phrased it is a little confusing, but also presumably, let's say that so Hunter ended up having the fastest time. Hunter had a faster like he beat Tony, and then Derek won between Derek, Jordan, and Johnny, and Derek 
sent Jordan flying. But let's say Derek had had the faster time than Hunter. I think what they're saying is Derek would have put Tony directly into the redemption house. You get what I'm uh, saying? Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the point in which Derek would not say Johnny's name. Right? And like or or put it another way, I think that if Jordan had uh been the one to run across fastest and had sent Johnny Bananas flying, I still think I mean Jordan definitely would have put in Tony or Hunter over Johnny Bananas. I think that's where the deal See, comes into I was, play. I thought that Johnny Bananas was saying that both of them agreed that neither of them would drop him. Like they would hit each other's ex. I mean you could be right. You could be right. I I, I mean maybe that's what he meant, but that's I don't know, the way I interpret it was that he was just talking in terms of the Redemption House direct sending. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very interesting either way. And it, it got even more interesting just after uh, Derek and Johnny's turn went because as Jordan falls, Jordan looks up and he says, I'm coming for you, Derek. I'm coming for you, which kind of throws Derek off a little because he then says to Johnny Bananas, hey, am I doing your dirty work for you? Which is kind of interesting, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. now you, you, you got to start playing things out in your head and seeing, like, who's playing all the angles. Like, was that a, a smart move for Derek to put in or to drop Jordan instead of dropping Johnny Bananas? Like, things are just getting super interesting. And even more so when we get to the girls' side, because Camilla selects, she basically does the same thing and selects Tori, Jenna, and Kayla to all go against each other. And then that would leave the second heat being uh, Veronica, Brittany, and Camilla, obviously. And Camilla's strategy here is obviously she thinks that she could easily beat Brittany and Veronica. So she would give herself the win. But also, same thing with the guys. You're going to hope that Tori, Jenna, and Kayla, obviously one of them is automatically going to be dropping off and eliminated, right? So... Super interesting yes. in the in the in the girls comp because it's basically Kayla and Jenna against Tori, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't really yeah. fair. And Tori loses, and the second heat, Camilla wins as mentioned, right? Uh, I thought Veronica was going to win, and I thought they would have slow moded a little more because it looked like she was so close, but she was leaning to the side, and I was hoping that she won, but instead it was your girl Camilla. Yeah. Do you find it weird that Camilla said that she picked whatever X and she hit Veronica's by accident? Does that make sense to you? No. <laughs> no. Because like I said, you have to be aware of not hitting your own X. Right? Like, you have to put some thought into it. And just like, especially walking across a beam... I think the best thing to do would be to have your eyes fixed on whatever your target is. Like, ignore the heights. Don't look down at your feet. Just run straight forward toward an X. Yeah, I mean, that would be that would be super interesting. How do you think... Do you think that you'd be able to do this challenge, John? Are you afraid of heights? Are you a heights guy? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm mixed. I, I Sometimes I like heights. Well, I don't want to say I like heights. I'm fine with heights but i think 
I've never been in a circumstance like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to front and be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. But I've also never been walking across a beam at 55 stories up. I will say it occurred to me when Tori fell. When Tori fell, at one point, she she was just hanging there by her, like, bungee cord. Like, 50 stories up. I don't know how long the bungee cord was. But she's hanging there. And she's like, can you bring me up? And I thought to myself, it would suck to be just hanging, like, 53 stories up or however high you were after the drop. Like, to just be hanging there from a bungee cord, waiting to, like, come back and have, like, firm footing again. That I wouldn't enjoy that part. That would not be a great feeling. Oh, for sure. That would totally suck. And here's the, here's the other thing, right? Like, as much as I say... Uh, I kind of dislike the height challenges. I don't want to get away from the main point, though. I would be terrified to do this height challenge, right? Like, I do not think that I would be able to do it. Oh. Um, I don't think I'd ever get used to it. I think I'd be scared shitless to even, like, walk out on that plank, much less to just be hanging there from a bungee cord 600 feet in the air. I do not think I could do it. So, like, as much as I say... You know, I don't really like the height challenges. It's more so just because I feel like we see it too much. And I think as a viewer, it almost lessens the the scariness of it, if that makes sense, because we see it so often. I mean, this lessens the scariness or the stakes as a viewer, not as a competitor. Because as a competitor, there's not a chance. Like, that would be scary regardless. I give these people all the praise in the world for how they're able to do this every single episode or whatever. You know, however many episodes... Uh, this, the height challenges come in. But the other point I did want to make, Johnny Bananas at one point says, there's two kinds of people in this world. People who say they like heights and liars. I think he got that twisted. I thought so too, right? Because I rewound it like three times. Right? And I was like, wait, he means people who say they like, people who don't like heights and liars, right? Oh no, sorry. People who like and heights yeah. and yeah. liars. Yes. I've rewound that about three or four times. No, he... Okay, so final answer. He meant to say, there's people who don't like lights, who don't like... There are people who don't like heights, and there are liars. Like, he's trying to say no one likes heights. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. But apparently we can't say it either. So, hey, <laughs> we're right there with you, Johnny. <laughs> well, you know what? In fairness to Johnny Bananas... He he must throw out so many like allegedly witty things to the camera, for, like just constantly that there's going to be some misses. You know what I mean? Because you know that every time they're like doing a competition, he's he's doing one of those turn to the camera. He's doing the gym from office thing, right? Like trying to play the camera constantly, you're gonna you're gonna misfire a couple times if you're always doing that. Uh, just to touch on like how this all broke down too, Camilla, like I still don't get how she chose Veronica to knock her down and how she's somehow in a partnership with Brittany. I didn't see how that developed over time, but whatever. Uh, so as we mentioned, Hunter wins. Got to give Hunter a lot of credit. Jenna wins for the girls. Also got to give Jenna a lot of credit. He has two choices, and it's either Jordan or Tony. So obviously he sends he sends Jordan straight into the Redemption House. Jenna follows suit and agrees with him because 
she makes a good point of she's afraid of the tie and what would happen if there was a tie, which makes total sense. And then on the yeah. girl side, Jenna sends in Veronica. Hunter agrees for obviously the same reason. Jordan and Veronica are both sent directly in. Do you like those two choices? I mean, this, this is to, this shows you how emotionally involved I am in this season of the challenge. As soon as she said Veronica, I screamed at my TV, "Why not Camilla?" But then I I had to take a, a breather and, and be like, "Oh no, wait, she couldn't put in Camilla." Right? Like, her choices were either Tori or Veronica, so of course she's got to go. Of course she has to go with Veronica. When it when it's de- when those are your two choices, okay. But, yeah. I, I mean, they kind of had the strategy taken out for them because of that. Because of the fact that they only had two choices, yeah. right? I mean, it was kind of interesting how that set up. But I guess the real decision came from the nomination ceremonies, right? Like, that's yeah. where... Yeah, uh, the nomination ceremony would would come into play, but you know what's super interesting to me, anyways. I wanted to see, or what I found super interesting was what was going on in the Redemption House as we follow Jordan and Veronica as they go directly into the Redemption House, and Jordan is kind of nervous because he doesn't know what he's walking into. What is CT? And how are Camilla going to feel when they see him now? Not Camilla, Cara Maria going to feel because Jordan's the one that sent them directly in and kind of really shook up the game. That was like the real first big move of the season, Jordan sending them in. And I mentioned it earlier, Cara Maria is super salty when she sees Jordan. Jordan tries to like give her a hug and be kind of nice and she's having none of it. (laughs) I mean... I give Jordan credit because he's kind of being nice about it. But what did, what did, was your take for this whole situation? Yeah. Uh, so I had two thoughts on it. I thought at first I was team Jordan. I was generally like, listen, it's just a game. Uh, I had to make my move. I had to shoot my shot. Like I was there with Jordan on that. And I thought he was being nice when he came into the house. And I thought that Cara Maria's saltiness was a bad luck. And, yeah, like, I wasn't, I was generally not impressed with how she handled things. That said, when they're all sitting, like, having a a glass of rosé up on their rooftop patio, and, and he starts criticizing... And she was like, why me? And he was like, well, because I didn't want to run a race with you. I didn't want to run a challenge with you. And started, like, criticizing her gameplay. Yeah, and, and you're right there. And because I, I thought that was the wrong thing to do. No, I, I agree with that there. Because he could have just left it and saying, you know what? Like, it was my decision and I really didn't want to... Or I wouldn't feel comfortable running a final with you. And that's where I put it. I was in a position of power where I could make a decision and I had to look out for my game. And I thought, you know... I wouldn't want to run a final with you, and that's why I picked you. That would have been fine. The issue that I have was when he put yeah. it on everyone else. When he says, oh, well, none of the guys yeah. want to run a final with you, which I don't think is true. CT says he didn't think it was true. We never saw this conversation ever <laughs> take place. But for him to just throw that out there kind of just seemed like piling on, like he was just trying to get 
try to get Kara riled up. And it works, right? But also, the one part I want to put in there, because I did mention earlier, that there's a lot of saltiness and a lot of shade. And there was some little shade thrown in here by Kara Maria that kind of, I hope, didn't slide under the radar. Because when Jordan says, all the guys would rather don't want to run a final with you she says her first thing she says is wait even camilla like yeah. you you would rather yeah. have camilla run run a final with camilla over me i was like whoa hold on isn't camilla your girl how you how's camilla the first person that you're gonna throw out i found that super interesting and it was kind of like just glossed over as they continue to just argue i noticed that too and i know that we've had we've talked about how on twitter cara maria as the season has unfolded on our televisions, Car Maria on Twitter has been distancing herself from Camilla, saying, like, we're not friends, we're partners. We're not friends, we're allies. And I agree with that. I also... Do you agree with Jordan's assessment that people don't... that? She is a weak competitor. Well, here's the thing. When he first started, right? When he first started on his little rant, I was kind of like, ah, oh, this is kind of harsh. And then they ran that little montage, right? They ran the montage that showed uh, Cara Maria on a montage of Rivals 2 and Battle of the Bloodlines. And her just kind of like freaking out at certain points during uh, that final run. And, okay, cool. Let's break down exactly what he says. He says that you know, he doesn't think that she's a strong, she's as strong as the other girls in the house, which I think it's at least debatable. Like, bare minimum, it's a conversation. It's an argument, right? I don't think it's fair for him to automatically say that she's a worse competitor than Tori, Kayla, and Jenna. I don't think that's really fair. It's definitely a conversation. But when he gets into, you know, I don't know who I could work with, clearly we can see that there's something up with those two that leaves a reason why they don't get along so for him to say he doesn't want to run a finale with her because he doesn't think that they would get along i think that's fair for him to say again when he puts it on everyone else that's the part where i have a problem with right like you can't say that johnny bananas would rather run a final with jenna than car maria because that's for him to decide right like we don't know that we don't know we haven't seen that part of the conversation do you know what i mean well, well and it's interesting that the the producers of the challenge are very good at showing us when these conversations happen even it, it, like weeks in advance like the, if that conversation has happened where the guys have said I don't want to run with Car Maria they would have shown it to us either as a clip or in previous episodes I I also think um, I mean, I still think CT is the best competitor in the game. And if CT had his choice for any female competitor in a challenge, in a final challenge, you know CT would pick Cara Maria. Like, hands down, Cara Maria is his top pick. And Cara Maria knows that's that, That's true, too. but I also think that that's because they get along so well, right? And I think that so much of the finale, yeah. especially, is about how well you work within a team. So, like, Jenna might be a better competitor, but will you work well with Jenna? Like, will she take your, you know, will she, will you guys work in terms of, okay, now you take the lead or now I take the lead or 
I have a better idea about this. You know, like Jenna would be Jenna, and I think Kara might be two different people in the sense that Kara, at certain points, would take charge and be like, "Hey, we should do this instead." Whereas Jenna would be more like passive and be like, you know, and, and like take direction more. But I think in terms of com- competitors, they might be equal. Do you know what I mean? So it just comes down to the personality of your partner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's a fair point. I also think that if Darrell, remember how he oh, was yeah. on this season? Seems so long ago. Uh, yeah. Um, Darrell, I think, would also pick Cara Maria if given a choice for a final. Totally line. agree. I think Cara but, is a super strong and competitor, th- and I think Jordan here is definitely just messing with her. And I definitely think there's something else going on here because CT at a certain point is like, I don't, he's wondering, like CT says, I don't get it. Like, I think there must be something else going on here as well, which was funny because I'm sitting here thinking, am I missing something? Like, uh, Kara and, and Jordan, like, is there some issue that I'm totally forgetting about? as to why they have such beef and i shouldn't even say why they have such beef but why Kara is so super salty towards jordan here because ct ct says his part right remember when jordan comes in ct says his part where he just basically like hey man you put yourself on the chopping block yourself and became a victim of your own demise Right, yeah. sort of tells Jordan, "Hey, yeah. you sort of started this whole trend of putting the big people in. So obviously, when it came back around, that was going to bite you in the butt." Set his part. That was it. Moved on. CT even cool. and they and were then cool. They were after, cool. Right. Whereas Kara just kept it going and going and going, and we can't skip over some more shade thrown out by Jemmy. Did you did you catch that confessional? So no. in the middle of. Jordan just like basically destroying Kara and being a bully, you know. Jemmy says, This is pretty great. You know, she's sitting there watching it go on and she's saying, you know, this is pretty great because at the end of the day, Kara's getting really riled up. But also the term that she used, I'm trying to find the note here, and I've been trying to like stretch so I could find the note <laughs> on my computer screen, and it's just not working because I can't find... Oh, here we are. So, Jemmy says, she's loving this because this is Kara's livelihood, and Jordan tell, is telling her that she sucks. I was like, hold on a second here. Uh, let me rewind that to make sure I'm not taking that out of context. And no, Jemmy's saying she's loving this because this is... She's saying the challenge is like Kara's life. Like, she trained so hard for it, and this is all... Like, what I got from this was, I don't know what Kara Maria does in real life, what I got from that comment was this the challenge is a big part of her life and her focus and she works out super hard every day while she's on the challenge to compete in this and now Jordan is telling her that despite all of that we don't want to run a final with you yeah. I took that as a sneak diss it is a sneak diss and uh, Cara Maria I think you can kind of separate in general challenge competitors based off of the pros versus the amateurs. And I don't mean like champs versus pros and champs versus stars. I mean that there is maybe five or six people who are regulars on the challenge where this is their job. 
where like on their tax when they're filling out their income tax it says reality tv star i have heard and i don't know if this is true that uh nani pulls down sixty thousand us per episode wow no that's got to be per season I've heard it's per episode, uh, and, and the, there's a there's a podcast interview with Kenny and Evan, and Evan says that where he like ran into Nani, and she said that's what they're pulling down now. It, it, let's say it is like, let's say Evan misspoke, and it is sixty thousand just to appear. That's not to that's not like including the winnings. That's just to appear. The there's a scale to their appearance fees based off of how important they are to the franchise and how many seasons they've been on. So by that scale, you have to assume Johnny Bananas based off of appearance, like how many times he's appeared and how important he is to the show. You got to assume he's earning much more than Nani is on his appearance fees. So he's probably making like 80,000, 90,000. That's a good living. Like that like based off appearance fees alone, Johnny Bananas, that's yeah, his job. Oh, definitely. Right? And Car Maria, like, if you're thinking in terms of that pay scale, Car Maria's gotta be in the top five. Right? Like this very well could be Car Maria's job. Just like work out, be active on Twitter, and show up on the challenge once a season and don't forget they've had two seasons like two proper seasons in the year 2017 no it's it's totally true and she was also she was also on the side like champs versus pros and i don't know how the pay would go there because it's for charity and stuff and it's a smaller commitment but she was on invasion of the champions and she was on obviously this season dirty 30 you got to assume she's made over a hundred thousand dollars this year just from appearing on the show. That's a job. That's a good job. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a thing. That's a thing. Whereas, whereas Jemmy and Jordan, they're going to be lower on that pay scale. They don't appear as regularly. They both kind of took a break from it. So for them, getting that winnings is kind of a bigger deal. I, not that it's not a big deal for Cara Maria. She's very competitive. But like for them to make that money, they need to go further than she oh, does. Oh, totally. No, totally makes sense. And you know, again, maybe adds into the serious nature that you know Jordan and maybe Jemmy. You know, they don't take. They understand the fact that it's a reality show. You know what I mean? Like, and understand like that yeah. side of what they're doing more so than the actual competition side. I I sorry. Sorry to cut you out. I gotta say though, that you and CT, I, I agree with both you and CT that Carmory is having a very strong reaction, and honestly, she's acting like a, a an ex, like she's acting like someone who yeah got it did kind of seem like high school, very high schoolish. It did. It seemed yeah like a very strong reaction. Uh, uh, on a different level than just well, for sure. When she then gets that mad and then leaves and takes Jordan's bag and puts it in the pool, it's kind of like, what are you doing? Like, how old are you? And didn't 
and didn't want him sleeping yeah, in the same room. Yeah, it was room. so over the top. It's not like they're sharing a bed. Exactly. It was so over the top. It was so ridiculous. And speaking of ridiculous, <laughs> we go from one ridiculous, salty, salty, super salty behavior to another because we go to the regular challenge house and your girl camilla we just cut directly to a scene where camilla is just yelling at jenna and she's asking where did where did it go wrong i don't understand and that first shot when they cut to the close-up of jenna and the look on her face i felt so sad for her because she just looked so like defeated but also so innocent while this like crazy person is like screaming in her face asking where it went wrong and my biggest question here is why would you do this before the nomination now i'm not saying that it it changed anything and it's not like jenna wasn't going to send her in anyways but doing that couldn't have helped your case right so what was the point well, we also, we didn't see what started that conversation. Like, maybe Camilla came into the room and was like, hey, who are you nominating? And Jenna said something like, Camilla, yeah. come on. True. Very uh, true. Um, I, I think this is my opportunity to talk about some research I've done. All right. I'm in. Sheldon, who are male and female, the two worst people left in the house left on the show uh camilla and camilla well yeah but for the males who's the worst sticking with camilla (laughs) all around vote i'm just going with camilla no sorry go ahead go ahead i was was gonna say it's tony right like tony is the worst person that is the worst man left here's what i'll say about tony he's done a good job of laying low for the past like couple episodes Still a dirtbag, but he's done a good job of laying low. Yes. So, I, I was, I've been thinking this for a while, but like, I do not approve of Tony's actions at all. But I get Tony. I understand Tony. And by that I mean, and I'm playing total armchair psychologist. But to me, it's obvious that Tony's problem, like, at the core of his being, and this is just like picking up scraps, and again, I'm an amateur, but it seems to me that what's going on with Tony is that his mom has some sort of addiction problem, and he has all the telltale signs of someone not just who has addiction problems himself, because he obviously doesn't handle himself when he drinks, but also (coughs) that he has a lot of unresolved anger issues towards his mom, and that extends to women. And we see the same in Shane, his brother, right? I have a lot of addiction issues in my family, so like I've seen this behavior. So I, I, again, I don't approve of what Tony and Shane do, but like I understand what makes them tick right and you can see it through basically every interaction they've had on the challenge where they are confronted by a strong woman often one that woman has been drinking and they've also been drinking and they have a very strong visceral reaction but i've had the hardest time understanding 
why Camilla freaks out. Like, what is Camilla's issue? Because she especially... Well, I'm just going to put you as a question. When are you guaranteed to get Camilla to freak out? Like, if you want to freak out Camilla, what do you do? Uh, Anything. Fairness. <laughs> That's fair. And in hindsight, as a black man, maybe just your very existence sets her off. I mean, I guess we've learned that is a possibility, yes. But I would say you... That's... Uh, you... Once you pick someone else over her, she does not like that at all. I, I would say the the fastest way is to nominate her or suggest For nomination. Sure. Yes. So I I was wondering what is it about getting nominated that sets her off, right? And it occurred to me that Camilla is probably a narcissist. Okay. And so I googled what happens when you criticize a narcissist. And Johnny Bananas on this episode even says, and keep in mind they were romantically involved at some point. Camilla cannot differentiate gameplay from a personal Definitely. attack. Definitely. He, like he does say that. Like totally I found an article from Psychology Today, and I invite our listeners to look it up. It's by Leon F. Seltzer, PhD, on Psychology Today, called The Narcissist's Dilemma. They can dish it out, but... And it says, sure, the narcissist's many defenses protect them, but at what cost? And I'm going to just read to you the opening paragraph, and you let me know if this sounds familiar. The ability to take criticism well depends mostly on how secure we feel about ourselves. Yet it could hardly be said that any of us actually enjoys being criticized. For it's a challenge to avoid feeling defensive when we experience ourselves as attacked. At such times, it's more quote-unquote natural, or rather more aligned with our conditioning, to go into self-protective mode. And typically, the way we choose to protect ourselves is through denying the criticism indignantly turning on the criticizer or hastening to disengage from the uncomfortable situation entirely. So he then goes on to get into how the problem with the narcissist, which I believe is what's going on with Camilla, is that all perceived criticism feels gravely threatening to them because they are so wrapped up in their own sense of self-worth. So deep down, clinging desperately, not simply to a positive, but grandiose sense of self, they're compelled at all costs to block out any negative feedback about themselves. Is that not Camilla? It's super interesting. It's super interesting for sure. It's super interesting. Because, I mean, what's going on as fans in the background is that we know that Camilla gets kicked off of the next mini season of the challenge challenge for uh sorry champions versus stars where she again apparently flew off the handle because she got nominated on a charity show like she cannot handle any kind of negative feedback and to me i think the issue is that she is a narcissist and being on a show like the challenge where you're the focal point and for back, lack of a better term, a celebrity. I think it's all gone to her head and made her both like enhanced her sense of 
grandiose, like, high opinion. Because she, if you asked her, she'd say she's the best female competitor. And she's clearly not. But I think that strikes at the core of her, right? So, that, again, armchair psychology here. But I think this is her major issue. I think Camilla has narcissistic personality disorder. That's the official technical term. Hmm. I mean, that's... That's super interesting. I, I don't know. I think Camilla, there's definitely a lot of issues there. There's definitely a lot more going on that, than I think that we know about or that we can see. But that's a, definitely an interesting take, mm-hmm. and it does kind of explain some things for sure. And, I mean, especially when, you know, the decision's made, and then she keeps going on and on and on and even arguing with Tori after the fact – you know, like it's just, and for no reason, right? Because like Tori had nothing to do with the decision. But I mean, we got we got to see a whole lot of Camilla during this season, and you're right, we will see some next season as well. And it's just very weird behavior because at certain points, I guess last season, or you know, the when she would have the freakouts with Amanda, part of me would always wonder. You could tell, like, okay, is this alcohol? Or is this trying to put on a show for the camera because she knows this will make the episode? But at this point now where you're just talking about Jenna making a decision and there's clearly a scene where it looks like Jenna's just walking away from her and she's just following her and still like so angry and mad. It's just like, okay, this has to be more than just – like this is more than just like this actual decision right now, right? Like it's, it's super weird. So I don't know, John. Maybe you're onto something. I honestly, I think I am. I because I've noted this before. Like, even before we started, before we conceived of you killed it, I always noticed that Camilla just cannot handle the even suggestion that she be nominated, right? And, and like most other people, even your Car Maria's, your Laurels, like uh, Johnny Bananas, CT Durrell other high-level competitors on the show, they get nominated, and they're kind of like, well, this sucks, but, you know, gotta go do my dirty work myself. Right? And, and like, they might be mad at, like, how it's done, but that's about it. No, you're totally right. I mean, we got a perfect example of it just in the nomination ceremony today, right? Like, Hunter votes in Derek, and it's just because Derek said his name and sent him into... Uh, face Leroy, right? And I think probably sent him in another time too. But my point is, you know, Derek doesn't seem that mad. Derek knows, Derek, you could even make an argument if you're Derek that, hey, maybe you should send Johnny Bananas in instead of sending me in. But that's not Derek's reaction. He's just kind of like, okay, cool. You know, like that's what it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, Jenna obviously sends in Camilla directly, which Camilla doesn't like. But then Camilla starts freaking out and she calls out Tori, but I don't really know what she was calling Tori out for. Like, was she just mad that Tori decided to to side with uh, Kayla and Jenna? Like, I don't know. But she blatantly picks a fight with Tori, starts yelling, starts yelling at Tori, calling her. I don't know what she was calling her fake or something. I don't know. But then it continued even after that. Like the the nomination ceremony is over. And Camilla decides to go into the room and she's still arguing with them. Like it was just really odd and, and super odd behavior. And again, I almost felt like I missed a scene or something 
because I don't know where all her anger or what she was alluding to with Tori. I don't know what she was talking about, but I found it super weird. Well, she kind of hinted at one point as she storms out, she says, Jenna was a nice person until she met but I you. I thought she was talking about Kayla. I thought she was talking about Tori. And I think her thinking was that that Tori is like the puppet master behind these behind these I mean, two who knows moves. where Camilla comes up with her, her all of her uh, scenarios in her head and how how things are how the game is playing out in Camilla's head like who knows so I guess you could be right anything anything is possible in that situation but yeah I, I don't know it, the the one funny part of this whole thing was in the second argument that Camilla's having with Tori where Tori just loses it and there's some really creative editing to make it seem a lot more dramatic than it actually was when Tori's screaming back at Camilla. The one funny part is you can see Johnny Bananas just like peeking on in the background. <laughs> you can see him through oh, yeah. the window, which is like so perfect and sums up Johnny Bananas perfectly. But yeah, I mean, this whole thing was pretty crazy, but it also set up a pretty interesting elimination. Oh, yeah. And this elimination, we know that uh, we head into the Presidio, pardon me, and for the girls, there's only two left. This time, I did try to pick the X's, John, but I couldn't figure out the X's, and clearly neither could Brittany. As she nope. failed to pull the X, nope. which meant that she was obviously going in because the only other two people were Tori and Kayla, and obviously they weren't going to say the other's name. So Brittany is automatically in, and then there's more shade as Tori says, you know, Brittany's the type of person who would think, I'm from Are You The One, and you're from Are You The One, so we should be on a team. But I'm on the challenge now, and I'm going to go with the better competitors, which is a smart play by Tori. Can't be mad at her for that, but Brittany is super mad that Tori picked her to go in. And on the guy's side, basically it's 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 Johnny Bananas or it's Tony going in. Johnny Bananas builds up the drama before he picks the X, and he picked it wrong, just like I did as well, <laughs> which sets up Johnny and Derek and also Camilla versus Brittany in a in the elimination challenge that was called the real world, but it's real as in R E E L real real world. And so you have these two giant reels that are attached to a rope, which is then attached to a hundred foot rope, which is then attached to a 50 pound weight. So you have to jump onto this huge reel, wind it up so that it's pulling the rope, which in turn pulls the 50 pound weight and if you get the weight past the line first, you win. This looked like a super hard challenge, I will say. But it didn't look as hard as Brittany made it look. As Brittany just got destroyed by Camilla, it wasn't even close. I'm surprised that TJ didn't rip her a lot more than it, it appears that TJ normally does when people have such a poor performance. But it looked like Brittany quit fairly easily. She tried to jump on and she couldn't really make it and then kind of just gave up. What did you think of Brittany's performance? I mean, it was poor. I think part of the problem is that to do this competition well, you have to be one of two things. You either have to be heavy or fast and agile. 
And I don't think Britney is either one of those things. And you really get to see that in, in Johnny Bananas versus Derek. That was a great matchup. Because Johnny... It was a fantastic matchup. But Johnny Bananas, I'm willing to bet, is heavier than Derek. And Derek is definitely very fast and very agile. So if you're heavy, you have an easier time getting up on the reel and moving it, right? And if you're fast and agile, you have a better chance of getting your balance up there, but also quickly running the lap to get back on top. And Brittany doesn't have either of those things going for her. Not, and I'm not, this isn't to shame Brittany. I think Brittany's in good shape. I think she's pretty athletic. I just don't think that this was a good matchup yeah, for her. Yeah, it was very hard, difficult challenge for someone who's super light. And you're right, the contrast of watching what the guys did, I mean, Johnny Bananas appeared to be doing a good job. And I, I, I will say this, Derek wins, but I think Derek won by a lot more than they edited yeah. it together to, yeah. to make it look. Like, I think they made it look a lot closer than it actually was. But with that said, Johnny Bananas, I still think, did a really good job. And his strategy was correct. Like, he got up there and he would, like, try to stay up for as long as he possibly could. I just think he tired out, right? And, like, that's why he lost. I think he gassed out before Derek did. But in terms of strategy, man, they had it down pat. They were on top. And at certain points, especially Derek, he, he was literally, like, just running on top of it. And it was a really cool challenge to see. It was a great battle between Johnny Bananas and Derek. And there's a part of me that, you know, when it ended, Johnny Bananas didn't seem that upset. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think no. he, he didn't mind losing to Derek. And especially, I mean, at this point, if you even if you remove the Redemption House out of it, you're making it pretty far towards the end. But the fact that there is a Redemption House, he knows that he's not completely done yet. Right, like he knows he still has a chance to to come back into the house. Will that be easy? Of course not. You're going against Leroy, CT, and Jordan, so that's going to be super hard. But hey, at least your game's not over yet, and you went out in an elimination round against a pretty good competitor in Derek. Well, and Johnny and Derek are legitimately friends. They're uh, they really hit it off on. Oh, I always forget the name of that season. After Fresh Meat 2, the one in the Czech Republic. I'm uh, horrible with the names uh, of uh, the season. <laughs> in any event, they are legitimately friends. And it's the... Johnny can't get mad at how they ended up against each other. It's not like Derek did him dirty. Right? Like, it's just... There's nothing to Johnny get mad says at. It too. He played a pretty clean game the entire time, right? Like... He didn't really get his, his his hands dirty at all, like no shady moves or anything like that. Like it was very, very clean and un Johnny Bananas like. But with that said, Johnny and Brittany are both sent into the Redemption House, uh, which leads us to next week's episode. Yes. Which it looks like we find out who wins the redemption battle back into the house. I can't wait for said episode. Well, I mean, it's interesting because on the women's side, you have Anissa, Brittany, Jemmy, and Carmaria. 
like to me, it's pretty obvious who's going to win the women's side. I'm not going to guarantee it, but to me, Car Maria is the Las Vegas favorite. To she win. would be Don't the Golden think? State Warriors, yes. But on the men's side, this has to be the most stacked competition ever. Like ever, any challenge competition. CT, Leroy, Jordan, Johnny. Like any time, any competition where Johnny Bananas is like the second or third best competitor, you gotta wonder. Like that is that is a stacked lineup on that you know guy's side. I kind of hope too, and I didn't really pay attention enough to the trailer to get a good look at what the challenge could be. But I kind of hope it involves like a lot of different things. Do you know what I mean? I, I kind of hope oh, there's yeah. like a, a puzzle oh, yeah. portion. I kind of hope that there's like a physical like challenge portion and endurance portion just so that we get to see a little bit of everything so that it, it's kind of fair, you know? Because the last uh, battle back where it was just an eating challenge, like that's, you're either good at eating nasty shit or you're not, <laughs> right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like it, it was kind of yeah. like you're either good at this or you're not. Whereas – this one, because the stakes obviously are so much higher, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they played, how that plays out, and how someone gets back into the house. But I also want to see if there's another twist with this redemption challenge. You know what I mean? But time will tell. Time will tell. Well, I want I want to look a little bit down the road because there's a couple things that we need to touch on. The first is that there's a second purge coming. Yeah, I think the this whole, you know, the way that they do a normal challenge, it's going to be, you're going to send a bunch more people into the Redemption House one more time, right? That's what I think. Yep. I think they're going to have yep. another challenge. They're going to send other people into the Redemption House. And then I think what will happen is it'll be the exact same as the season started to get back into the house. So okay. remember how that happened. They had one massive challenge with the whole bunch of people. And then all those people were, quote-unquote, eliminated right away. Remember that? Yeah. And then the final two people got to stay in the house. They had that vote, and, like, two people stayed in the house. I would say do a challenge kind of like that, but except the last two people get to stay in the house and make it to the final. That's my guess. Okay, that makes sense. I have have to point something else out. (laughs) And if you... Listener, dear listener, if you're the sort that does not like spoilers, please lower your volume, skip ahead maybe five minutes to hear who our MVPs were, because i got to point something out that has occurred to me, and it's been bugging me, and it's kind of going to spoil things. Are you ready, Sheldon? Tori allegedly cheated on Derek on this season of the challenge. Everyone assumed that she cheated with Jordan. Jordan's not in the house right now, and we have seen zero evidence of cheating, which to me means that Jordan is going to win the competition, the Redemption House competition, and get back into the Challenge House. Maybe you're on to something there. Unless unless there's a shit they should have shown... Or unless they were very good at dodging the cameras. Or maybe the rumors were wrong. I mean, I that's I feel like possible. in reading a bunch of the rumors, too, I feel like at one point I read 
someone allude to the fact that they didn't think it happened on camera. Whether that's true or not, who knows? Because obviously we're we're all talking okay. in speculation right now, <laughs> right? But like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, speculation in the sense that she cheated. Speculation in the sense that she cheated with Jordan. All of this just floating out there in the the Twitter sphere or the interwebs of the challenge, right? But nothing is confirmed or for sure yet, which I guess we all think we're going to find out on the uh, – we all think we're going to end up finding out on the reunion show, I guess, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I want to see what, what yeah. ends up happening. And I think you could be onto something. And something – another twist to this though, John, is I was wondering if there is a possibility – that Camilla was kind of alluding to because at one mm-hmm. point I thought she said something to Tori in her little rant about I know something that I could say or that I didn't say or something to that effect like it kind of seemed like she was keeping a secret maybe I don't know I, I gotta go back and rewatch that but I don't I feel like something something still has to happen right because everything's kind of going a little too smoothly right now and you're right we haven't seen what happened with Tori yet. So how could this possibly be a thing that gets talked about in the reunion show if we haven't seen anything yet? Yeah. So maybe you're right. I also have to point out that in the mid-season trailer, they had a clip of Jordan kind of like exiting a room and looking over his shoulder and goes, you mean someone lied in the challenge house? And there's also a clip in the mid-season trailer of CT saying, let me guess, Camilla's really upset and doesn't understand why everyone's mad at her. Which are two really, like, money quotes. But, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm missing something. I feel we haven't seen those things happen. Am I wrong? But could those things have happened in the Redemption House? Well, but... Like, are, are we sure that those two clips happened in the Challenge House? The one of Jordan, because he's going through a door, it doesn't look like it's the Redemption House. Because Redemption House is really brightly colored, but kind of shady. Because it's got that courtyard situation. Where this one looks like he's walking out into the light. Like, it looks like he's leaving one of the dorm rooms in the main house. Also, what circumstances... Like, I assume that CT's comment was about... Uh, the Leroy situation, but we never saw it in relation to the Leroy situation. And I, I just, I don't know how those pieces of the puzzles fit in. And, and maybe they just used them for the for the trailer and it's it wasn't yeah, no, that could definitely be a worth thing. the while a of having it on the main show, but that's usually not the case. In any event, I'm curious, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? So, I would never say that Camilla killed it, but I will give her I will acknowledge the fact that Camilla was not a sore winner this time. She just won and didn't really, you know, do her whole spiel that she did last week, the whole screw you guys, I'm back thing. Like she didn't really do that whole thing. So as much as I crush Camilla, I will give her a little bit of credit for that. But I will never say that she's the she killed it in the episode. That obviously has to go to Hunter. To me, oh. I'm going to say Hunter killed it because oh. strategy-wise, he played the game right. He you know, set up the guys to take out each other when 
he's the numbers still are not on his side and yet he's finding and he found another way to not only succeed but to keep himself safe but to also eliminate or send out two of the bigger targets on the other side if you think about it johnny bananas and jordan are probably the two strongest dudes other than hunter still in the house and both of them were sent out and hunter was the one that won this competition but on top of that if you notice his hand is wrapped like he has his, his wrist is like broken or something and you know if there was ever a time that he needed to win to make sure that he didn't have to go into elimination with a broken wrist or whatever his injury is and it, it looks like it's at least a soft cast this would have been the challenge that you have to win because who knows if it was a physical competition they might not have let him enter it right and then he's automatically kicked off so i'm gonna give a hunter the win in this episode and say that hunter killed it because it was a very clutch win for him i totally agree with what you're saying i however i mean i'm torn i'm torn between Derek and jenna but i'm gonna go with jenna for killing it like what gives jenna the edge for me over Derek? because you know Derek is the sole survivor of his alliance at this point. Derek has, you know, could be in the redemption house. He's performed well in competitions. He has made savvy decisions. I don't think he's pissed anyone off. Like, I don't think Hunter dislikes him. I don't think Tony dislikes him. And that's the final three, right? Like, there's, they're the last three guys in the house. There's obviously someone coming in from the redemption house. But that's it. Uh, but with Jenna, Jenna has done a great job of eliminating the competition. And to me, she's in a better spot than Derek because she still has 1, allies in the house. Right? Now, if you think about it, next on next week's episode, they're going to have a competition, right? Um, either, I guess, the Redemption House people are coming in or they're going to have uh, a competition between the people who are still in the main house. And it's Camilla versus Jenna, Kyla, and Tori. Yeah. Those are not good odds for Camilla, which I think everyone's in favor of. But Jenna has done a great job. She won the competition handily. There is no doubt that Jenna won it. And she maintained her composure against Camilla's freak out and she's just doing great and she's in a position where I think Jenna could win the whole thing for the women and notably with Jenna if you look at let's say let's assume that the final three women in the final competition are Jenna Kyla and Tori Jenna's the only one that's run a final and Jenna is very good at stamina and long distance running. She's really, <clears throat> Jenna's really the best competitor of either gender at height competitions, which are a big deal. She is seemingly totally unfazed by heights. So I think Jenna killed it. I think she's put herself in a great position to finish out strong and maybe get her first overall championship no, I, I win. I don't disagree at all. Jenna, Jenna has had a very good season, and obviously she battled her way back into the house. Like it, she's had a really good season. Definitely got to give her a lot of credit. She's had a great season. 
Before we close up, before we wrap up, I have two questions for our listeners because we, we're trying to we're trying to engage people more. Uh, we have uh, the two, and feel free, Sheldon, to add in a question if you want. But listeners, either on Facebook or Reddit or even comments on our SoundCloud page or on Twitter, whatever, we're all over the place. We live on, we're like Johnny Mnemonic, we live online. My first question is, is Carmaria bad at final competitions? Like, is Jordan right that Carmaria, that you would, would you or would you not want to run a final competition with Carmaria? My second question is, who do you think is coming out of the Redemption House? Sheldon and I just talked about it. Uh, obviously, Carmaria is the favorite amongst the women, but amongst the men, I think it's wide open. So, listeners, let us know. Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Smoke Signal, Carrier Pigeon. Let us know what you think. I like it. I like it a lot. And if you're looking for us on Twitter, I'm at Jay Hill. And I am at Shelman Alexander. Or at Shell Alexander. I did that again. I did that last week, too. Oh, oh Sheldon, you got to pull it together, man. At Shell Alexander. Do you know what it is? It's... It's the Instagram and Twitter. That's what's messing me up here. Twitter is at Shell Alexander. Instagram is at Shell Alexander. That's what's throwing me off. That's fair. That's fair. I understand. In any event, until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed It. <laughs>